welcome to 50 Flicks of Grey and Jay. In this episode, we discuss Parasite, the 2019 highly acclaimed, multi-award winning South Korean black comedy thriller. We spend the first half of this episode breaking down our goals for the last week, doing this 100 Miles for the Matter Foundation run and how the fundraising is going. We also discuss billionaires going to space and Vin Diesel becoming a god. Later, we dissect Parasite as a potentially perfect Valentine's Day film and its reflection on Korean culture. It's a mighty episode, bring your tapeworm and enjoy. Oh, nice mug. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Well, it can, it can go. I did a Zoom interview. Um, it, yeah, no, it went well. It didn't go perfect, but no interviews do. It was a bit weird. It was weird doing it on Zoom because, like, you know, I got up early and I, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, had a shower, brushed my teeth, did the hair, mm-hmm. put on the shirt, buttoned it up, put on the jacket, and then, like, walked into the spare room. <laughs> but, like, the in your boxes, of course. Oh yeah, from the waist down, it was yeah. there was nothing. Party. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it went well. Yeah, there was a few like awkward moments, you know, like a few a few curveball questions I wasn't uh, completely expecting. Um, Can you give me you an know example? I mean? Or is it uh, no? What no? I was expecting like you know, give us an example of a time you failed at work or you had a, a confrontation with a boss or another employee. You know those sort of questions. Oh, I was expecting them, but they asked like maybe two or three more variations on that that I wasn't expecting. So I kind of used up a few of my stories and then they were asking something like that again. I was like, bollocks, okay, I'm going to have to think now. Mm. Um, so there's a few awkward ones like that. Um, and yeah, so it, it went well. The experience was good. The experience was good. That would put me in on the spot. Well, it's tough. If I was in an interview and they asked to think about like a confrontation I had with a boss or like something like like that doesn't come fresh to my brain. Also, I'm just realizing I haven't done many interviews in my life. <laughs> a lot of my jobs have been kind of like service and I just kind of have the CV and I walk in and it's like, can you clean a glass? Can you pour a pint? You know what I mean? They, not you very just, in depth. No, no, it's not very, you know, but like, you know, times are changing yeah. and depends on the job you're going for. But like it was, it was like proper. It felt more like a proper interview, you know? Yeah. And then, um, you know, I had to, I had a good few questions of my own to ask them because they want to see, you know, um, it, it reflects badly if you don't ask them questions. You want to ask them questions that's centered around, you know, uh, you doing the job well like what do you expect you know how did you when you were in that position how did you you know all this sort of stuff so. mm-hmm. um, but it was good nice it was, it, it was kept me busy for the morning gave me a bit of excitement in my for life sure yeah yeah so yeah just like uh just to be tested in a, in a new yeah. way and uh did they tell you when they get back to you or you oh they got the back dark? to me this morning i didn't get it oh Fuck, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's... Well, there you go. Another... Yeah. uh, Another checkpoint anyway. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, a lot of people are terrified of interviews, you know? And I get it. Mm. I mean, I... I don't... I don't think I'm terrified. Or, like, you know, sitting here now thinking about doing an interview, I'm like, ah, it'd be fine, wouldn't it? It's it's easy to say that, but when you're in this situation, I'm sure... Yeah. For a lot of people, it can be quite high pressure. And so, you know, like, you know interviews is a bit like public speaking and all that kind of shit the more you do it the better you get so yeah definitely definitely but like 
it, it wasn't it wasn't like a dream job or anything you know I, I put my best foot forward and I learned from the experience so like it really it's a win-win mm. that's what I'm taking it as <laughs> you know what I mean is it a win-win <laughs> Think? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. like, like yeah. I was, I was describing this to Niall in a voice message the other day. I said it's not the sort of job. If, if the job was a helicopter, and uh, the helicopter was floating on off the edge of a cliff, yeah. and I had to run and jump to make the helicopter and risk falling, that job wouldn't be worth the risk of the jump, right? Now, if the okay. helicopter if the helicopter got near the edge and rolled down the ladder and said, just climb up, just come, come in the helicopter. I'm like, okay, I'll get in the helicopter. Not, I want to get into the helicopter. It's gotcha. not worth the jump. But if they rolled down the ladder, I would have taken it. I certainly would have taken it. It would have been nice. And, and then the experience of doing the job would have been good for me as well. But it's like I said, it's not a dream job. So I'm not upset that I didn't get it. Yeah. That's that's a great no. That's an action-packed analogy. I love it. <laughs> yeah, man. This is this is Arnold Schwarzenegger all over again. You know I mean? We're doing this every week. I just I kind of miss. Do you know? I was gonna say I kind of miss those movies, but I think everyone's felt that way. Like, have you seen the trailer for the new Fast and Furious? No, like no, I didn't watch nine that. or whatever it is. It has yeah. every actor who's ever been in it, plus like a few more famous faces. And Vin Diesel's just being a... I think he's he's back for vengeance because Dwayne The Rock Johnson stole the show with the last one or two. For, yeah, you know, and yeah. then they had to do their own spin-offs because I think there was a clash between The Rock and the the Diesel. And so, yeah. <laughs> rock it, and Diesel. It's kind of great, isn't it? it? That's what I'm saying. It's so yeah. ridiculously macho. <laughs> you know, it's I just maybe baldness. they're making it up a bit, aren't they? They're like a fake fight just to have the drama behind be the too. scenes. There could be that too. And then they get their own spin spin-offs. It's a win-win. It really is. It really Plus, is. people are jumping into helicopters, jumping out with them, everything. Like the 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 trailer yeah. framed is oh my god. Like I'm I'm I kinda buy it. Okay, fair enough. Over the last few years we've seen a film that actually kinda had a bit of heart and a good story become basically the Avengers. Over yeah. years. That's that's what the Fast and Furious franchise has become. It's just superheroes now. They're just they're not humans anymore. They're not even secret agents. They're beyond. They're supernatural. There's a there's a scene at the end of this Fast and Furious Nine uh trailer where they're going towards the edge of a cliff and they're all like, Oh shit, oh shit and Vinny's like yeah. Vinny, you know, Ron. Uh he's yeah. like, I got this, you know, whatever you <laughs> I am great. And what does he do? How does he, he how does he get out of it? But like it like it doesn't he so he drives to the edge of the cliff and he drives into what's like a pole and then the pole like wraps around the wheel and then clicks into the car and then he falls off the cliff, the car goes skyrocketing, he's cool as a cucumber, everyone's like freaking out because the car is falling. Of course this this thing is caught in the wheel that's connected to the other side. So the car falls and then swings up into the air to go basically swing onto the other side of the cliff. Like that's a stretch too far, man. Yeah, even for like an Arnold Schwarzenegger film, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have done that. They've gone too far. They've gone too far. But I think people want this game. Give the people what they want. Just give them the most <laughs> absurd yeah. action film. I'm gonna watch it. It looks like you gonna watch it. Yeah, you, you and it, that's a good one for you to watch with your dad. I'd imagine you can yeah. sit down and and chill and just fucking cars and 
things explode and it's great it's great you well, can't you know, deny it i i have to say that's there's one one reason why i love these stupid films that like you know if you're if you're at a family gathering if you're hanging out with some family you know i'm not gonna stick on something i'm not gonna stick on parasite maybe no no no, no. you know what i mean that's i'm gonna not, be like no yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say let's let, let's stick on something stupid, and then we'll, and we can all just enjoy it. So that these films fit that role perfectly. Yes. Yeah. I I got Amazon, um, so that I could watch Parasite. You know, You're I got like Jeff the, Bezos more fuel for his rockets. I haven't given him anything. It's just a week free trial, so he's yeah, given. Keep an eye on that. It's uh, very hard to get because you have to give them your bank details. I never to start the trial. Details. Oh, they have it, Jamie. You have to give them your bank details. Oh, they do, because Amazon Prime is connected to just, like, yeah, my cancel Amazon Cancel that. Cancel that, bitch. Write down in your diary when it's done to click over to a full one and make sure you fucking delete it cancel before Jeff that date. Bezos. Yeah, because they'll, they'll charge you straight away. That's what happened for me. I was paying for uh, Amazon Prime. This is a few years ago. I was paying for it for like six months and I wasn't even using it. And then I was like, oh, I, I should have been using this. Book. <laughs> yeah. And then I used it for another six months and cancelled it. But like it just clicked over. And because, yeah, they have they have your bank from uh, from or from buying books or whatever. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, it's they're smart. I mean, you have to be savvy, too, you know, cancelled Bezos. Cancel Bezos. Bezos. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's left Amazon. Um, not really though not really he's still, no he, yeah he kinda, he's there he stepped to the side so he doesn't have to take mm. all the kind of the pressure of all the questions that i think he just uh, takes the money now <laughs> yeah he just takes the money he doesn't have to represent it he said he's focusing on his uh his rockets his space yeah. mission so some <laughs> other person uh who apparently has the same type of work ethic as bezos is uh now representing he, amazon and will have to go to all the trials and like be the fucking spokesperson and yeah take apparently the he's a robot he's a robot that they made in one of their labs and he's actually yeah. not real yeah that would make sense it's like have you seen zuckerberg drinking water at the fucking four <laughs> cases they're all robots man they have to be elon yeah, musk well, i think he's a robot He's too nah, self-aware, he, though. He's talking about simulation theory. Yeah, he's a robot. They're all robots. Maybe. Robots wouldn't smoke weed in Joe Rogan, though, right? He didn't, though. He hadn't a clue. That's what a robot would do. A robot would be like... <laughs> he didn't he inhale. Didn't inhale. <laughs> he didn't know yeah, what he, he was doing. He may as well have Some just of it gone... got in. You know, he... Yeah. It's great, though. Is he... Was he on again recently? Something popped up on my Spotify, and I think... Yeah, it was I think kinda, he was, yeah. It, it looked like it was a new episode i didn't i was like ugh, if i if i start watching that then that's like four hours or whatever gone you know how long mm-hmm. the fucking podcasts are um so i might save it I'll, I'll cook dinner over several nights and i'll listen to it half an hour at a time but yeah um, and he's surpassed he's he's now the richest man in the world but that's like the value of his company right the the, the stock price for tesla went up so technically the company's worth more, so then he's richer. But it's not like his stockpile of money is more than Bezos's. I don't think they judge it that way. You That's know, a good question. I'm not sure. It's his network. If he sold all his assets, he had something to do with Mastercard back in the day. It was PayPal, I think. Or he PayPal, set up PayPal. Yes, yeah, yeah. He helped invent PayPal, so mm. you know he's a proper entrepreneur, 21st century entrepreneur. You wouldn't think it just listening to him talk. He's not a very... (laughs) 
He's not like a salesperson. He's not a people's person. He's he's, he's, he's not very exciting with his charisma, but he's obviously super intelligent. Very intelligent. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, very intelligent. He has more of like a very kind of intro, intro, introspective kind of personality. Like even mm. any time I've watched some clips on Joe Rogan and like he's asked a question, he like really thinks about it, which I, I, I like. Yeah. You know, he kind of goes quiet to the point where you're not used to it. And he thinks about the question and there's like a 10 second silence. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, you're very, you're, at least you're yourself. You know what I mean? He's very authentic. He's not a socialite. You know what I mean? You'd, no. you'd imagine people who get to hang around. You know, he, him in a room with Bezos and Bill Gates and somebody else, the guy who runs Apple. And they're all having these deep, interesting conversations about running the world. And he just pauses for 10 minutes and then says he doesn't know. I, <laughs> you know what I mean they'd be yeah. like where's Jim Carrey why didn't somebody invite Jim Carrey instead of him yeah, it's boring yeah. <laughs> but he must have something he must have something but that's a great thing about. like like looking at Elon Musk's Twitter it's like he's he's starting to kind of have just fun with it you know what I mean I think he, he in one way he doesn't take himself or anything too seriously he is kind of he's mm. kind of leaning into the meme of just well everything he bought loads of Bitcoin didn't he did you see that oh did he no he bought like a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin or something. Wow. And people freaked out about it. Um, hmm. So people are being like, is it a joke? Because, you know, he's running, I've heard people talking kind of saying, you know, he's running this car company that's based on, you know, the economy going well. So he, people can afford these really expensive cars, right? And on one hand, people say Bitcoin is kind of like an alternative to money. So if like the banks collapse, you know, people might move on to Bitcoin. So it's kind of like he's hedging his bets. He's building a car company if the times are good and he's investing a billion in Bitcoin if the world <laughs> implodes and the banks collapse. So maybe he's just, he's going to win no matter what. BSC. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. I think the banks will probably just buy into Bitcoin. They'll see it as the new currency and they'll just buy in. I mean, you're seeing that with yeah. Revolut. Revolut did what a lot of banks, a lot of apps were unable to do which is create a service that was just handier to use. You know what I mean? That was very yeah, modern. Yeah. You could send your friends money. You don't have all the issues of... Yeah, the fees and stuff are, are less. Yeah, the Taking rates. out money abroad. That, that's changing a bit now. I think Revolut has been forced to put in some charges. But most companies do that, don't they? Yeah, you of course. It's still better than all the banks. You know what I mean? But the banks yeah. are starting to move that way. Who knows? They have so much money. Did they buy Revolut now? Do you know what I mean? So it's... Yeah, uh, yeah. It's kind of unavoidable. Speaking about class, will we jump into Parasite? Let's let's uh, let's talk about running first. Can no. we can we get the running out of the way first? No, don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let absolutely. Me, let let's keep talking about running a little bit mm. first, and then let's do Parasite because I only finished watching it this morning. I watched half of it last night, oh, and I watched the other fresh. half this morning. Okay, uh, so it's very fresh. So I need a little bit more time, but I have I made loads of notes. I made loads of notes. So just tell me first, how's your running been going this week? Yeah, no, good, man. I've done two 15s and I felt quite strong on both of them. Uh, like I said, I felt a good bit of power in my last run last week um, when I uh, got revenge on that yes. limp. Uh, that <laughs> that clip run. just went up. That was brilliant that you put up on the Instagram. Um <laughs> So yeah, I've I've done two long ones, and I'm just thinking like I, I I need to stop doing this, you know. I think I'm 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 probably doing like a a really really short one, like like 
like a like a very humble like a very yeah. like a 4k i'm just gonna do something ridiculously yeah. tiny uh this evening well um, i've i've done that as I've, well I've, and i feel my i feel my energy levels overall just a bit like the last few days i, I feel a bit depleted to be honest with you this is the end of the third week so mm. we're aiming to have 120 kilometers clocked by this point if it's 40 a week you know which which i think we're on top of yeah I'll, I'll i'll check it right now but um i i've done that as well i've gone and i've you know done a 4k at like six pace just just That's, to be yeah just to take it easy and stuff um so the same today i did a five it was at a faster pace because i felt good mm-hmm. but um i'm giving myself the next two days off so i can go out and kill myself <laughs> On on Monday, I'm yeah. aiming for 18, and that's going to be the furthest I go. And then I'll, I'll probably you're going to do an 18. I'm I'm gonna well, I'm gonna aim for it and see how I feel out there. Yeah. Um. So you're at 117k at the moment, Jamie. Um. So really, all you need to do oh. is just watch. You're it's 17.7k, so you can go out there and do three, and you've gotten past your your 20. Oh right. Um, yes. Your 120. Because I did three 15ks last week. Yeah. So I've I've got a I've got I've got extra cookies in the bag. That's great. Yeah, I might I might do that actually. I might just do a, a short one this evening and just give my body the rest for the weekend because I I'd like to finish yeah. next week really strong. I think I must have built up some extra mileage from last week because I'm only on like thirty eight at the moment. I'm in terms of my weekly mileage, but uh, overall I'll just go back here now. I'm on a hundred and twenty point something. Um. So I think perfect. last week, yeah, so 120.46 kilometers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I must have built up some extra last week. Um, so, yeah, that's it. That's nice. that's me. And, and um, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Um, was it? Yeah, my legs were definitely hurting after doing the long one on oh, yeah. Monday. Because I think I did a light one on, on the Sunday before. And now this weekend, I'm thinking I'm going to have two full days off before I go out that, you know, there's no need to even do a a small jog the day before. If you're doing something that long, I might as well just give my body all the rest it it can give and maybe do longer stretches, maybe do like almost an hour of stretching before I go out. It sounds excessive, but it's really kind of like I know I notice the difference if, if I can. Yeah, if I can get the time. Man, my, my 15K has so many up and down hills. Like, I really want to go on your track whenever we're allowed. I'm going to have to come out to Luke and you have to bring me on your 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 spin around. It looks good. It It is, it is. No, I, I, I do like it. It has a bit of a bit of everything, you know, and mm. there's, there's a few bits in it where you're like trying to find the energy to go up like a very, some very uh, steep hills and you're just like, fuck this, you know. <laughs> Yeah, your legs yeah. just feeling like jelly trying to grab the ground underneath you so when I came back from doing my 16 on Monday I was coming up towards the apartment and, and the route that I take um, it goes by the Mountjoy prison so there's this weird feeling of being like out running which is like one of the most freest feeling things ever and then there, I saw this giant prison mm. and then next to the prison was a giant ad for McDonald's like this like fucking five stacked burger and I was like I'm really happy I'm free and I want a burger. That's <laughs> just like all I want from life, but I didn't have the burger. Freedom burgers. Well, you know what? I'm looking forward to, I'm I'm off to drink all this month well um, just for the running. And then the first yeah. to next month, 
Um, I'm gonna have. I don't know. I'll probably get a, a dirty takeaway and a Ooh. bottle of pint bottle of Guinness or something. Nice, yeah. And and I have a nice evening and and drink a little, watch a film, whatever, just to celebrate finishing the run. Yeah, man. it'll be worthwhile. Um, but I'm not gonna be going mad then from then on. I'm not gonna be drinking every night then after that. But uh, a reward is due. I think I definitely enjoy finishing the challenge. For sure. Oh when yeah. We get there. Oh yeah. We've done pretty well so far, Jamie. Just to have a recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have fifty-seven percent of our goal done so far. Okay. Uh, we're on two hundred and ninety out of five hundred with uh, nine supporters. So we're going into the last week now. So we have a a last push. Um, if uh, for for any more donations, I I I did a little bit of research now for um the Matter Foundation just just to tell some of our listeners if they're interested. So the Matter Foundation is obviously it's a foundation set up, um to to charity uh fundraise uh for the Matter Hospital, the University Hospital here in the North Inner City, just on Essel Street. Um, so basically the main goal of the foundation is to improve patient care. And uh, they do that by investing in state-of-the-art equipment uh, that makes diagnosis and treatment uh, more efficient and effective. 315,000 patients visited um, the Matter Hospital. So it's one of the busiest hospitals in Dublin, in the country, basically. It's, it's, it's the Matter and James's Hospital would be the busiest. So basically, in 2019, this is, this is the latest data that they have. They haven't released anything for, for last year, but um, out of the money that they, that they raised, um, the foundation, 452,000 euro went to the enhancement of facilities and equipment. 27 grand went to education and training for, for staff and, 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 and new people coming into positions. 108,000 euro uh, went to specialist staff positions. Um, and uh, tr- uh, 600, you'll like this one, Jamie, 600,000 um, went towards buying a, a 2.5 million euro state-of-the-art Da Vinci XI robot for doing robotic surgeries. So the Matter Hospital has a robotic surgical program. What? Uh, it's, it's, it's to do uh, minor procedures. I don't think the doctors do it. I don't think the, the uh, robot's doing brain surgery just yet. This is what I found out about it. Um, so, the, so, the, so the robot assisted Da Vinci XI robot that's the name of the robot um so yeah they have a, a robot assisted surgery department um that deals with a uh, prostate bell gynecological throat and lung surgeries so yeah which makes sense like to me you know surgery and stuff like that yeah that's that's basically the uh, the idea but look hopefully uh, a little bit of what we've raised can go towards someone having the opportunity to reverse whatever's going on with them whether it be with a human or da vinci's arm um you know exactly it's so look you, we you, haven't raised it's not uh, you know i don't i don't know how how far that will go but it's it's a little bit and that that pays for our our, our fundraising pays for a screw that goes into the arm of the robot so you know what i mean and without that screw without it wouldn't be screw. able to operate on your bells exactly. so you know so if you screwed you if you made a donation to our uh, Just Giving page and, and, and you need a surgery in the future and you're in the Matter Hospital, you need to bring up the page, show where your don- donation is and say, I demand that this robot have a go 
at fixing me. Because, you would pick you know, the robot over a human. Any day of the week. Wow. Basically, it's a really good cause. Uh, in 2019, um, through public funding, like the, what we're doing, the Matter Foundation raised 2.5 million uh, to put into the hospital. Now, that's that's the university hospital. It's not the private hospital, as far as I'm aware, through the documentation I've read. So this goes into the public hospital. Um, and the charitable activities is like... Um, well, well, that money goes towards, like I said, the robot. It goes towards the oncology research, cascalo, uh, cardiovascular uh, research, and their family heart screening clinic. Um, wow. So there's like equipment for testing at-risk families for um, life, um, life-threatening cardiac conditions. So you know, like your great granddad had heart disease, some special type of heart disease you could get it your, your family could get it so they kind of prioritize families who might have a genetic predisposition um to get in certain conditions um so anyway yeah loads of good stuff there just go on to their go on to their website matter foundation if if you want to look at more but anyway yeah it's a good charity it's 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 pretty on the nose you could need this someday or somebody you know could need this mm-hmm. so um yeah, go ahead, donate. Give give us some of that moolah. Help us reach our target and help the foundation get loads of money, especially yeah. this year of all years. Yeah, and look, it's it's you're investing. It's good karma. Exactly, good karma. We all need good karma this year. Hell yeah. Um. Yeah. Cheers, lah. Cheers. There's there's the business out of the way. Yeah, I didn't know all that. Good to know. So tell me now, Jamie. Uh, we we hadn't planned. To, to do Parasite you you watched it and then I got a message from you saying we need to do this yes um, so tell me what happened so Parasite is obviously a um, highly acclaimed film that came out in 2019 uh, mm. I heard a lot about it was waiting to see it it just slipped by Ray and I had been talking about watching it for a while and when we realised Valentine's Day was coming up we are like Let's do it. Let's watch it, you know? Like, <laughs> the perfect Valentine's Day show. Yeah, you know, neither one of us are really into Valentine's too much, you know, uh, like a lot of couples mm. tend to say. Uh, but you still want to do something, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that's the whole that's the whole shenanigan. So, yeah, we, we decided to watch Parasite. Uh, that's why I got Amazon. And, uh, yeah, man, intense. Incredible. Incredible. Um, <laughs> intense is definitely a, a, a apt word for this th- film. Yeah, it's it's considered a comedy thriller, which it definitely is. Like it's like it it's constantly balancing between this is hilarious and this is terrifying. It's yeah, yeah. they're gonna get caught. Um, yeah, that that's pretty much it. It just just last minute decided, let's do it. Let's do this for Valentine's. And yeah, we were both blown away. Hardly talked throughout it. We were just so gripped, gripped to the screen. It's a pretty simple pro- uh, premise. There's there's this family who live in a kind of you could say semi underground flat in uh, yeah. South Korea and they are struggling they are broke they're in a lower class neighborhood and um, and it's scraping to get by yeah they they hardly have any money they're they're very close knit as a family though you see like how strong yeah. the family they fold pizza boxes together they steal yeah. the neighbor's wi-fi they the, drink together whoever lives up yeah exactly they're, they're very tight together they they do everything together pretty much and the son has a friend who's quite who's quite wealthy and and through him he gets an in to tutor this girl that's part of a rich family 
and from there he he sneaks the rest of family in yeah one by one into these jobs and and uh and it all escalates from there i don't need to tell you you just watched it um yes. but that is that is the premise and uh it's it's incredible it's directed by bong joon ho um he also directed snow piercer which is something i believe on is it netflix or hulu um I've i haven't seen it. i haven't seen that haven't seen um, it and okja which i've been looking yes. forward to watching for ages as well i didn't know he directed that that's meant to be an incredible film uh that's really weird apparently uh, yeah that one's very good pig. i've watched that one um very different though i i was surprised when i saw that and on his you know because obviously he became very famous after parasite and they won the the oscar so i i hadn't at all thought that uh, okja was was him as well um but yeah obviously very versatile director um I'm, i can't wait to see what he's going to do next as well you know usually when people win oscars they they kind of have loads of opportunity then and money thrown at them four yeah four yeah. oscars <laughs> Apparently, it, it 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 bundled up three hundred wins in total. It, it like awards across the world and yeah. different festivals and stuff. It's incredible. It's incredible. It did really really well. I I um yeah no it's a great film. I think I think what you were saying there about uh the family um the, yeah the family dynamics and how they're contrasted with the rich family I thought was a very interesting thing because um yeah there seems to be something strange going on there's something to do with communication in this film um how, how this family's kind of yeah they kind of infiltrate this rich family um and they're constantly working together um you know to help each other with this rich family they seem very separated they seem very splintered the father's always away on business the mother seems a bit lost i mean our first introduction to the to the rich mother um, she's like asleep outside in the garden you know when the, when the boys come in um, to be interviewed to be the tutor and she's kind of asleep outside and the maid has to wake her up um, she's asleep a few times in the film I think she's lying on a couch kind of idly sleeping waiting for the husband to come home mm-hmm. um, so the, the, the rich family never seem to enjoy the house the way uh, the, the poor family does when they're away you know they go away and they get drunk and they're eating food and they're all sitting in the living room together oh, that's fucking brilliant Mm. So yeah, it's it's very was, interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's just there's a there's a very clear contrast um, of of family dynamics. Um, the the rich family, you know, uh, the 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 Parks, they, mm. you know, they're so estranged to each other. The daughter doesn't talk she almost she almost doesn't have a personality in it she's just very quiet and kind of to herself the son they just see him as like a bit of a menace and he's uh he's into um indigenous uh american native american indian yeah. uh, culture uh so they kind of um just litter his room with stuff to do with that uh the dad he has no idea about anything that's going on in his house to the point where that guy who's living in the basement is trying to send fucking morse code and he thinks it's just uh he doesn't even understand the electricity in his own house he comes home and he thinks it's censor you yeah. know what i mean he just hires people he has money so he has complete detachment from the house he doesn't even live in it and yeah. then it's yeah it's 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 so bizarre compared to the the kims they all know each other they actually know each other they they enjoy 
I don't want to say the darker parts of your personality with each other, but like they drink with each other. They're a menace with each other. They laugh yeah. with each other. They work hard to get each other a job and get them in there. They have this uh, community. Uh, whereas as as the rich the rich family are detached from yeah from each other it's it's yeah it's it's a it's a great contrast the way they show that um, and then of course there's the whole height thing the the Kims live basically underground um, in a village where there's loads of flats and everything is kind of concaved down um, which of course uh, escalates that great finale when there's the uh, the flooding. Yeah, uh, compared yes. to the Parks, who live like you could, like one of the first shots you see of the house is isn't even the house; it's just the the outside road, which is just this hill, <laughs> you know, up to the house, yeah. and all the stairs in the house, and everything's up. Um, so there's just great metaphors like that. There is, there's definitely a lot in it to do with um class and and social position, like obviously, yeah, physically the house is up on the hill. And and they live down in the town where it gets flooded. They live in the basement, so they live underneath people that's more at risk of getting flooded. And then there's the whole other story with the, the maid who lives in the house and her husband is hiding in the basement of the house, which is the giant reveal halfway through the film. So that says something as well, that like the, the, the family that infiltrate the house are kind of outside of, of that class and they're living underneath. And then there's people who live inside the house, but then they're beneath the people who own the house. They're kind of, you know, I, I kind of saw that as, as a word sort of like they're um, facilitating these rich people and, and doing their bidding, but they're still not as good as them. They have to hide underneath the house, but maybe they're slightly better off or they think they're better off than the people who live down the hill um, and have to fold pizza boxes. So and then of course they, those two families end up going to war with each other, and um, when when they go away on their camping trip, and I thought that was another interesting thing. Um, so I think there's definitely I don't know a whole lot about Korean history, but I think there's definitely some giant analogy here between the North and South Korea and the war and the divide, and maybe this house represents the state or the government, um, but it's it's kind of nuanced. Um, and it's kind of hard to crack, especially if you're not Korean. I'm sure if, mm. uh, Korean people, especially people who are very history illiterate, could probably pick this apart very well. But I definitely think there's a tread there Yeah. Um, when it comes to history. That's a good point. Yeah, it could be something specifically to do with Korean culture. Um, I mean, the, the, even, even if you're not aware of that, I think the good thing you can take from this is just class differentiation, the, the class structure, like... Uh, uh, capitalism I guess in a sense the fact that, that both of these family clashes as you could say are both lower class and they have to fight mm. against each other <laughs> just yeah. for the crumbs of the wealthy you know what I mean yeah. I, I, yeah. I know you could look at that in other ways like no no they worked hard and they got their job and these people are literally parasiting off them but it's like maybe they have to become parasites because of the system I, I think that's what it is. I think that's what it's trying to say. It's survival, yeah. And I even think that the the rich family by the end of the film they they end up leaving or whatever the the, the father's dead, um. But but the the house is almost treated as something different to the family, and they keep talking about the architect who built the house and the house itself is a masterwork. 
So it's almost like the house is this masterwork, the infrastructure, maybe the country, whatever way you want to put it. And the people who are who own the house are just the custodians of it, like a government, what is it, dictatorship or a democracy kind of run the house. At this instance, it seems like the house is run by people who aren't very considerate. They think that this sort of family smell bad. They keep going back to this, how they smell bad. They're beneath them. You know what I mean? They don't consider them. Uh, you know, the the morning after the storm, uh, you know, they wake up on the couch and, and the sunshine, everything's great. And they have no idea that like the whole village has had to go to a, an emergency shelter and sleep in, in, in the, in the what would you call it? The, it's like a little a mini stadium. Um, and they just called them up. Oh, come on down here. I need you to drive me to the supermarket. I need you to come for the birthday. You know, they have, they're absolutely clueless. So everything has to re- revolve around them. And that's such a brilliant part as well because of like the the, Ki- the Kim family, they're 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 them in the whole village. Like their their lives are, are. I mean, they still have their place. You find out at the end, but like they're at that moment, their lives are destroyed. They're just like ruining everything, um, or losing everything. Um, of course, what's what's uh, what's interesting is is Ji Ji Jung. Um, the daughter yeah at one point she's there like in, like they're almost used to it as well it's like it's a shock but it's also like what are you going to do you're just going to survive harder you know she goes in and she's like sitting on the toilet while it's trying to spur out shit and she's just like sitting down on it and she's just having a cigarette like just so yeah, done okay. with it you know and like she's not freaking out she's just like I'm going to have a cigarette while this fucking shit collapses everywhere and, I, uh, I thought that scene was was really great it's incredible you know and and <laughs> And of course, what's happening to the, the, the Park family, you know, for them, it's just like, uh, our camping trip's been ruined because it's raining, we're coming home. You know what I mean? And it's such a yeah. complete different contrast. It's it's uh, it's so obvious, like, how they do the contrast in this film, but it's also very um, subtle, subtle at the same time. It's so well yeah. written. Um, characters are really captivating. And, and there's no... There's no border between the language. Do you know what I mean? Even though I don't yes. understand Korean culture, I don't um, understand the language. I have to read subtitles, which is which is fine for English speakers. I think of of recent years, more people will watch foreign films. Um, yeah, but yeah, this I is just so. another level of engaging because it's just so well written. Um, one thing I will say about Korean culture, I was pretty confident that they were from what I've been told from people that have been there that it was a bit like Ireland 20 years ago that they were a little bit kind of religious and a little bit um, conservative yeah and so you know one of the things that Ray and I were kind of like shocked at was that sex scene um, oh on the couch when, when, the, when the yeah mm, and I wondered if that was some type of statement as well about like that the the culture in Korea is about cons- like conserving yourself and kind of like you know girls don't like like you would they don't wear short shorts they don't like show off the breasts you know the the guys as well you know what I mean they act kind of formal in society with their romance and and what have you um, yeah and so it take to see like you know what what they were doing on the couch is actually is is very vivid. But then I was thinking, is that is. making a statement as well? That like, but if you're rich, if you have that high class, you're not bounded by the constructs of society. You can just kind of, you're you're above that. 
maybe I think that's a very good point because um, there, there, there is only one bit when, when the father and uh, when he gets the driving job and he's coming home and he like squeezes his wife's butt and oh, she's yeah. the maid but they're pretending that they obviously don't know each other so that's mm-hmm. kind of like they do it in secret mm-hmm. while in, in the flip scenario the family's hiding under the table and the rich family don't know and he's he's him and his wife are fooling around on the on, on the couch i find that that scene was interesting too because the whole thing with the son being into the indians was was interesting because i know north korea is obviously very anti uh, american you know they have a lot of anti american propaganda posters and stuff and um, so they use this sort of this this the indigenous north american people um, they they use the Indian and and they call the boy an Indian and they have the teepee and and I think they use the word Indian on purpose because that's the name that they gave to the indigenous population and he's embodying that and I just wonder it I I don't know what they're getting at but there's definitely something there that it rep- yeah. maybe it represents that struggle and I think I think as well I was getting these vibes because there's a, there's there's that scene before they start uh, fooling around on the couch and there's another scene where the father's talking to the son and they're using walkie talkies and that gave me a very military vibe and they and him and the wife are wearing pajamas matching pajamas and they it just reminds me of a military uniform mm. and they're sitting on this couch which looks like a wall I'm thinking of the wall that divides the two countries. So I, I don't I, I don't know like I said I only I, I watched it in the cinema when it first came out and then I've, I've rewatched it just very recently um so I I should I should have gave myself more time to digest it but I feel like this, yeah, they're, they're using a lot of signifiers of, of, of stuff that, that we can call on and I definitely think yeah that they hold this very powerful position. Um, and and they're not necessarily nice people. I think they're definitely damaged people. I don't think they necessarily realize what they're doing. Um, but that yeah, they are privileged and they can definitely do things that the other family can't do. And 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 they treat people in a very weird way. And the husband keeps saying as well about Mr. Kim uh, crossing the line as well. He said he always comes very close to crossing the line, but he never does. Mm. And that's very strange as well. And I just feel like it's almost like a they exert this control over them and and then they, they people are expendable then if they um if, if they exceed um this line or, or they become inappropriate whatever they deem inappropriate so anyway yeah it was it was very interesting along along those those lines i think you're, you're totally right just those metaphors aren't a mistake not by this kind of director not by a, a film like this you know um there's definitely meanings to it and 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 that's a that's a good take i, I wasn't i didn't totally uh grasp that i think i was just taken away with the sex i was just like oh damn yeah you know but <laughs> well it, it's good to have a little bit of sex there as well to keep you know? interested yeah like the whole family's right beside them under the table like that's so <laughs> awkward it's just like oh shit like we have to keep it under the table like our 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 awareness that you're even having sex, but you can just do it on the couch while looking at your son out in the garden. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of the yeah. privilege that you get. Um, and and that was a good point yeah. as well about what you said. They like these aren't monsters, which is brilliant, mm. which is brilliant because the, the families feel real. They don't feel like some type of uh, exaggerated stereotypes of like this rich family that are like so like over the top just like you want to hate them it's like you you kind of want to be them because they're sexy and they're attractive and they got the cool yeah. house and they're like y- you know they're also cold and 
not full of character. So, you know, you, you don't want to be them. And then the poor family, uh, the, the Kims, of course, you want to be them in the sense of them having a community and have and feeling like they've even more personality, that they're more mm. human somehow. Um, and I, I think they're, they're definitely, definitely making those type of uh, statements about class. Yeah, see, there's so there's so much to unpack, and um, I definitely think it's trying to chart the course of Korean history to a degree. It seems to me because because another important thing is the maid who's originally there. She's been there the longest. She's been there before the family bought the house. So in in some sense, to me, they represent some part of an like like an older generation of korean people maybe from before the war before there was a separation and uh they they carry some sort of maybe tradition with them and then you know a new government a new regime comes into play and then the people the two families are arguing are fighting the population are fighting amongst themselves in a war and basically the 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 result of the war is um that one family gets control and then the other one's kind of pushed to the wayside and then there's a giant battle at the end where you know people are stabbed and people die and basically the father gets trapped in the basement and then he's trapped in the the very end of the film it shows the son and he's watching through the binoculars but he's not watching like the way the the parents are watching in the house on the couch out at the garden he's like outside of it completely and he's looking from the hill in the snow and it's winter time as well i think that's very apt that the film ends and it's winter time and you know he has this whole thing where he has this he realizes his father's trapped in the house which i feel is like the north korean population are trapped in north korea and the south koreans are looking at them and being like someday we'll get you out i have this plan i'm gonna go to college i'm gonna become rich and i'm gonna buy the house and i'm gonna be able to free and you'll be able to walk out and it's a really nice happy ending but then just before you think the credits is done it jumps back and you see him sitting in the basement and he's saying this is what i hope to do so that little mirage of actually seeing the father walking out at the end that's kind of the dream but the reality is they're still in winter now they're still in winter and they're still looking over to the north saying okay we could have another war again we could go to battle but that's just going to end in more bloodshed what we need to do now is play the long game and try and work towards buying the house back from the north koreans whatever way you want to look at it but that's not guaranteed. Maybe that will never come. But it's it's the dream. And that's the thing. It does give you a little bit of hope. But if you remember what the dad said to the son, the, the, the son had talked about kind of ideas of the future twice. Mm. And at one point, the dad's cut him short in a very calm way because the dad's been very chill the whole way through the film, kind of almost joyous. Uh, joy, a very chill character. I guess yeah. just used used to poverty and just... And just trying to survive, but he told his son not to be, uh, not to have dreams or fantasies, because then you won't ever be disappointed. It felt like a very powerful statement for him to make. To kind of like, don't focus on anything positive, because then you'll be upset when it doesn't come true. And I felt like that was that rang in my head at the end there again, where it was like, oh okay, oh my god, he, you know, he said at the end uh, in the letter to his dad when he read the Morse code. Uh, just you know we'll buy the house and then all you have to do is just come up the stairs and you'll see yeah. us in the garden and it seemed so simple oh just come up the stairs just just walk up the ladder of 
of class. Just come on up. <laughs> You'll be yeah. fine. Um, or like North Korea, just just escape. It'll be fine. Just come on out and be free. Um, and it yeah, it, it almost feels like a dream because it looks so like oh my god, so perfect. And then of course we see him in the in back back at home, and it, all of a sudden I realized oh shit, this is almost like what his dad told him not to not to have hope. And then I felt very hopeless in that moment. Like you said, it's the long game. This isn't going to happen. If, if we're going to take metaphors, this isn't going to happen in his lifetime, in the generation's lifetime. This is something down the road. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, think, I think you have a good point too. I think it works on a smaller level, just on an economic level when you, when you look at class and that, you know, they're, this family... Um, you know they're hard on their luck they have to scrounge to get by um and and kind of one of the one of the first one of the most the instigating incident um near the start of the film is when the son's college friend comes to visit and they have beers and he tells them about oh you should tutor this girl in english he's like you're better than half the drunk college kids and then when they infiltrate the family um like the daughter as well who's who's <laughs> given the son art tutoring um our therapy she just completely bullshits the family and it's kind of like oh you don't have to be you know privileged and rich to get this ed- education you know what i mean they they're just as capable of going in and and teaching and being at that level it's just that they don't they're not from the specific background you know what i mean they forge their way in they but like they're just skills. as exactly they're Charming, just as intelligent yeah. Yeah, so this yeah. idea that they can't uh, take part in society or take part um in in the culture at this level is just kind of out of bigotry and 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 the ruling class trying to trying to keep their infrastructure trying to keep the house owned by them because they talk about ownership of the house a lot like oh we could own this house you know what i mean it's not like the house belongs to the rich people they own it and and the ownership can change so i mean I think that's true anywhere in the world. Any Western, modern Western uh, democracy that works on capitalism, kind of, you can experience this. There's a lot of rich people who maybe own land, who come from priv- privileged backgrounds, and then there's other people who don't have the same access to those resources. But like, we're all just people. Like, you could swap these people out, a baby at birth, you know, swap it in the hospital, and then you know, there's no difference. It's just just having that access. I think is yeah. is the only difference the fortunate of where you're born at birth yeah it's the same with celebrity when you think about it it's like they piss out of one hole they shit out of the other it's just the same <laughs> as us you know what i mean like they don't they can't like they can't they don't just like they have to shit the same they have to sit down do you know what i mean they have to mm. do the, the you know no one's like there's no special bowel movements they get Ooh. she's still asleep Kitty. Uh, <laughs> She's not moving. It's nice and warm here next to my bum. That's the place to be, isn't it? Or cats That's love when you. Yeah, I, I, when I was younger, my, my, one of my best friends had a, a cat, and any time they'd come back from a long journey, the cat would always sit in the car, on top of the car, on the bonnet, anywhere it could find that heat from the engine, under the yeah. car. They love it. You know, you, you had me thinking um, mm. when you were speaking about like the history of Korea and stuff like that. The wealthy friend of the poor family gives gives them a, a, a stone a landscape stone gift which again you yes, could say yes. gives them this hope of this feeling of like you know like you have this thing that I guess equates to wealth or 
you know like who would have a historical piece like this you know what i mean like an art collector a a person of wealth a person that has money to spend on a fucking piece of rock do you know what i mean it's that kind of thing and it almost seems like it's going to be used as a weapon but then at the end i think he almost wanted to use it as a a trading piece like a a a peace offering Mm. to to the to the family downstairs to be like take this and we can all be cool we can all live off the land you know what i mean um but of course it, it, it backfires on him and it is used on him where you see that fucking gruesome scene of the rock coming down and hitting him on the head. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm not really sure what it is that you made me realise, but you made me realise something. I just... <laughs> no, like, but, like, I, I agree. There's right? something it's, going on there. It's, I don't know, like, if... It, it, it's, like... Because there's a few fights in the film. I'm trying to think, is one fight specifically supposed to be the North Korean War? It, there's incidences after that, like the bit with the rock where he, the kid gets his head smashed in. Is that just, you know, because they fire missiles at each other every now and again, you know. Uh, one of the leaders in the north will develop the nukes more and then the Americans will get annoyed and somebody will fire a rocket and they'll send their ships over. You know what I mean? Is that just a part of that process? There's another interesting bit when when the kid gets his head smashed with the rock is you see it cuts down to the ground. He, the guy starts drinking the plum juice Mm. and then it cuts to the ground he drops one of the things and it smashes and then it cuts to the ground you see this pool of blood coming out of the kid's head and there's a bit where the plum juice and the blood meet but obviously they're different consistencies so they don't bleed in together but it creates this it's like oil and water and you see Mm. this kind of thing forming on the ground it's a very specific shot so they must have you know made sure that it looked a certain way and don't ask me what the fuck that means. I when I think the way they describe this plum juice well, and, plum and, juice and the, was like wealth, wasn't it? The way they talked about well, it earlier in the film. I'm I'm assuming it has something. It has some cultural significance to to those countries, um, and it is the the press in the basement that hides the other basement, the stairway to the other basement. You know when when the woman, the old maid, is trying to push it. Remember that scene, and then she falls. That it's quite funny. Um, that cabinet that she's pushing is full of the is full of the plum juice as well yeah again i don't i it, it makes me realize something but what that something is i don't know there's like a deeper right. meaning a metaphor underneath it but it links up and that's what's beautiful about this film and particularly like i mean everything about this film is great the cinematography is great the acting's great the editing's great um but i think the structure of the story is really um what i found impressive you know, the opening introduces the family. It sets up the concept of of the the son's going to go and tutor in the rich family. Then there's the sequence where they infiltrate, they get rid of the old help and they get in the new help. And then they discover the other family downstairs and then it brings on the end of the film up until the fight at the, in the garden. And then you have the revolution, the resolution at the end with what, where, where does the father go after the after he stabs the rich father? You know what I mean? It's just so well disciplined the structure, and it really moves the plot along in a way. And that's probably why you and Ray weren't talking at all because it just works so efficiently. Mm-hmm. And that's why I suppose it won the Oscar for best picture. It's just so well structured, and just keeps uh, keeps trucking away through all the different acts. Lean. Yeah, it's so well 
made the the pacing of everything and, and how it, it slowly builds up and the tension oh my god like at that part when the family are really like spreading their legs out and enjoying the house and then the rain happens a fucking storm and they're like oh you're eight minutes away you know and she's fucking cooking yeah and they're dragging the bodies down and you know and it's like you know it's all building and then like sh- like the family are home and uh and mrs kim sees your one hopping up the stairs and just kicks the door and you hear father and it's just like it's that moment where she's like to survive and to be um allowed to stay here by the wealthy i need to kick what we say my own kind down the stairs i need to literally just close a door on her this is yeah. about survival that's just fucking brutal i i found that very interesting when she goes downstairs um, and she discovers that the housemaid is hiding her husband in the basement and you know, the other family are listening and then they slip oh, yeah. and then basically both of the families have the dirt on each other mm-hmm. and it's kind of like they're both judging each other and they're both acting like they deserve to be there more or they have more right to be there they're looking down and it's like but these people like you're both the same mm. and they're both are, it's like you should team up and go against the evil people you know what I mean? The people who are in the house and, you know, that that seems to make more sense to me because you're both kind of down on your luck. You don't need to fight amongst yourselves. So I think there's a great metaphor in that. And I think, well, it does, unfortunately, it doesn't resolve in the end because it's it's following a different trajectory. I definitely would watch it again, but I'd wait a while. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I watched it. I guess it was probably one of the last films I've seen before the pandemic was announced. Now, obviously, I've seen films in between lockdowns, but I remember seeing it last year before the Oscars. So basically, yeah, just just to tie everything together, it's probably a year since the film came out and was nominated. Uh, so it's a good anniversary to, to tackle this again because obviously the Oscars this year aren't going to be the same. None of the awards uh, ceremonies are really going to be the same as last year because mm. cinemas have mostly been closed. Um but um yeah it does it operates on on just on a very basic level you can just enjoy the plot like i you know i kind of joked earlier that i wouldn't put this on with the family but like you know you could actually that was probably being a bit unfair if if the family was in the right mood yeah and my well, reading some subtitles because once you get into it like you said it, there's action in it it's really funny at times it's outrageous at times it's like bizarre and just kind of wild what what happens in some of the scenes um, so it's just it really is an all round um, enjoyable film, and it's great that they they gave it um, they gave it the best picture nod to kind of break the um, uh, to break the trend that it was only ever American films uh, that would win best picture. You know, they gave it to a to an international film. So hopefully, hopefully now it seems that the Oscars might be more moving towards. A situation where it would be more like the Palm Door, where the Palm Door is what Cannes gives out as their main prize, and that's usually just that change that varies a lot when you look at the winners. They might give it to an Iranian film one year, they might give it to Universal, yeah, Pulp Fiction one at once. Well, global, you know what I mean? They have a panel and they'll invite big filmmakers like Clint Eastwood, I think, was on the panel for the Palm Door to decide who got the Palm Door when Pulp Fiction won. Mm. So, you know what I mean? So, I think. I think uh, the 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 winners are more varied and it's a better cross section of international cinema and I think maybe the Oscars are trying to move in that direction 
that you know there'll be more varied certainly more varied nominees but then like you know we might be having french films iranian films whatever japanese films um, win these sense. awards america yeah, it does is, make sense america's so multicultural um yeah you know america's not one thing if, if, we, if we've learned anything in the last few years anyway in particular no but america mm. is is so diverse um in many many ways and so it would only make sense that they're it's not just an American show, you know, um, because what does even being American mean? Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and and all that's shifting anyway. Do you know what I mean? We're all so connected to around the world. So it's not just this main stage of the US as much as it used to be, let's say, in the 90s or early 90s. Um, so I think that's that's a good step in the right direction. Uh, fantastic film. Yeah, I could watch it with the family. Why not? Um, but yeah, I'd want them to be in a, in the right mood because I want them to like really appreciate it and be like oh no no we've got to be in there yeah. um, you know you have to be in the mood to read subtitles I, I get it sometimes you're not sometimes you're lazy and if, if sometimes the story's you're tired not, yeah sometimes you're tired and if it's not gripping enough you know like like because like it is easy I'm not saying it's difficult but you have to, like when you're watching a film you're taking so much of the picture in and then you're also reading the words and then you're, so you're you know it's easy to do if you can read your own fucking language, but like it's still, it's still a good bit going on. And if your brain's not up for the, up for yeah. It. But no, I I agree. Uh, sometimes I've gone to see films, and I feel like I'm missing out on on the image just a little bit because you have to pay a considerable amount of attention. Uh, to, you know, to just even if it's only glancing down, even if you're a really fast reader, and you can just glance. You know what I mean? If you're watching a film and, and, and it has a high cutting rate, you know mm. what I mean? You're missing out on a lot of information. Obviously, you know, what the people are saying is going to tell you the story, but the, you could miss out on a lot of visual information um, from not being able to just sit and just enjoy the image um, for itself. Yeah, or you're taken away with the image so much that you lose the text and you're like, oh, wait, shit, what did they just say? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, thankfully, I didn't, I didn't find that at all with Parasite. Um, and yeah, we like I said, we didn't speak at all through because we were just both quite engaged and and just really enjoying it. And uh, it's just a very good sign, sign of a good gripping film. So Brilliant I give film. it um, yeah. two thumbs up the butt. Yeah, yeah. Or just one. Uh, all the thumbs. Robotic. Uh, Robotic thumbs. Leo's arm. The whole thing. Yeah. The whole. Da nine Vinci yards. surgical butt robot that's basically what it is a colon surgery it's a yeah, butt robot I guess it is well it's like a key well yeah it's just a whole robot right <laughs> whatever hole you got whole robot it's a whole <laughs> robot uh, um excellent film oh jamie let me tell you something you uh you sent me a photo <laughs> of uh some yogurt some yogurt did i some oh, Alpro, the yogurt, yeah. yeah, with the high protein. I, I was going to buy it, and then I saw that they have a Greek version, which is um, I That's think the protein is actually even slightly higher in the Greek one. Um, but, it, but it's real yogurt then. No, no, no. It's like Greek style soya yogurt. Oh right, it's Alpro, and I got it, and I had I had some of my brownie last night with the yogurt oh. on it and like strawberries. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, that sounds good. You get me hungry now. Oh man, I'm eating like a beast. Are you eating like a beast since you yeah. started doing this running? Yeah. Oh, 
Copy. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, oh, I really, I'm really enjoying food more than I ever have. But like, I ate an entire can of chickpeas the other day. Yeah. Uh, no, I put, it was in a curry. I yeah. made myself a oh, curry. Oh, you didn't open the tin just. No, no, <laughs> I'm not that bad. No, but I made a curry, and I was thinking, oh, I'll be able to have like you know an extra serving, and I could save the rest for tomorrow. Instead, I just had three giant bowls of curry. And then after I just finished it all, I was like, fuck it. And then afterwards, I was like, I put a whole can of chickpeas into that. And I just ate the whole thing. Mushrooms. There's plenty uh, of protein, Graham. I just ate it Definitely all. Definitely getting it in, yeah. It was like, that was probably, you could, probably could have fed a family of four with that dinner. And I just consumed all of it. Wow. I just ate it. All right, Mr. Park. <laughs> it's terrible it's terrible I'm gonna need that robot to check my bells now. it's too much food I, the, no but it's fibre it's good it's good it's good you're, you're moving it through you're moving it through you got, you got the beans you got the veg please donate to the Matter Foundation we need to get more of these robots for Graham's bell movements the lockdown's extended until okay. next month another what fucking two months basically nine weeks they're extending the lockdown they're bringing back to schools and they're going to, what, maybe open up construction a little bit. Even that, I'm not, they're not 100% sure. We had our first day with a debt recently. And so the numbers are definitely going down. Things are looking good. Mm. But I think I think the country is playing the safe bet, which is, is smart. And just keeping, they probably knew they were going to do this from the start. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, right. they're, they're, they're extending, they, but they just don't want like chaos. People freaking out. No Paddy's Day? Again? You know, you know. <laughs> But how will I drink? Man. You know, um, but this is the thing. <laughs> they they know if if we even open things up more a little bit, people will push push that line, uh, and events like Paddy's Day and Easter will come, and we'll have high numbers again. So I think I think they're playing the yeah. safe game, playing the long game, and in the long run, for the rest of the year, it will probably be good. You know, I I, I think we'll we'll. I think this is the what right step, unfortunately, because I want to be Edward, but like, whatever. They're being worried the numbers. We did have a day where it was zero, but um, I think that the numbers have kind of plateaued a little bit. They're not coming down as fast as they were. Mm. Maybe I think it's probably because the new strain, the UK strain, which is kind of the dominant one now, spreads faster. So, um, yeah, they they need they have to do. That's what they're saying. They have to do yeah, something because no. if they open it up at all from where we're we're at now, it's gonna get worse. Mm, yeah, 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 they're finding it hard to get it under eight hundred to keep trending down from eight hundred towards zero. It doesn't seem to be moving over the last week or so. Um, so I don't know. Listen, if they if the vaccines can come in and take hold in the next few months, especially when all the when the old people. Uh, get vaccinated because they're they're the 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 danger zone they're the people who get the most sick so i mean my granny's scheduled to get her first vaccine on saturday i believe um so yeah that kind of over 85 and then after that it'll be like 75 to 85 or something like that once they're all done there should be a huge drop in the numbers because they're the people who are the most high risk so you, you don't we don't even need like the whole fucking population to get vaccinated to see the thing jump down mm-hmm. um obviously it'll be still spreading while most of the population don't don't have a uh, immunity against it but in other words we might still get a summer if it can if they if the numbers can come down 
um before at the end of april or something um going into may because people are just going to break the rules people are going to be like fuck this i'm going to the beach after a fucking long winter people will so what all the bastards out in clontarf only get to go to the beach and i'm not allowed because it's 6k away you talking about someone in particular no (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening everybody parasite Go on to uh, just given forward slash team forward slash grain J. Donate to the Matter Foundation. It's a beautiful uh, charity. It's a beautiful cause. Thank you, folks. Good night.